Yeah, yeah, check one, two, check one, two. Is this mic on? Is this mic on? Hey, listen, man. It's the one and only trendsetter DJ Sense, and you're listening to Cocktails. Dirty Discussions with Kiki and Medina Monroe. Yeah. Today's cocktail, you guys, is called Insulin Pussy. The ingredients you need to make Insulin Pussy is some vodka, some ice, and a splash of ginger ale. I love ginger ale. You're just going to take the ice, pour it in a shaker, pour the, the vodka in a shaker, however much you think you need. I think it needs to be strong. A little splash of ginger ale, shake it up and pour the whole thing in a cocktail glass. And that's insulin pussy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I just... <laughs> so well, listen. welcome back to Cocktails Dirty Discussions, you guys. Hey, y'all. We have a special guest with us this morning. We're recording for the first time in the morning. Um, we have Claire Marie Edgman. Did I say everything right? You did. Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> yes. And Claire is the author of a book about, like it's a memoir about your life. It is called Finding a Fuck Yes, a Memoir of Orgasms and Insulin. Indeed. <laughs> that hence why I named the cocktail insulin pussy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to have it one day. So um we'll get into your book and everything about you and why we even wanted to have you on the show in a little bit. Uh first we're gonna go ahead and do weird sex. You said a man is not a necessity, a man is a luxury, like dessert. Yeah. Man, it's absolutely not necessity. Did you mean that to sound mean and bitter? Oh, not at all. I adore dessert. I love men. I think men are the coolest. But you don't really need them to live. So this week's Weird Sex, you actually just posted it on the Cocktails Instagram. And it was like, this bitch, I just told you it was about lions. But in case you don't follow us on Instagram or you missed the post, um... I found out via Twitter that lionesses have sex 20 to 40 times in a day when they're in heat. And and if the lion can't keep up, she demands to mate. uh, If the lion can't keep up, she bites his balls. And it's very ferocious. And And I just think that's so crazy. He looks so he just looked exhausted. Have you ever seen a lion penis, though? They're spiky. They have like little spikes on them. It's really Google it and see. So, yeah. But that's Google it for weird sex. <laughs> Let me make sure I don't Google that on my work computer. Mm, yeah, they probably <laughs> think like, Bitch, that. Bitch, what the fuck was you doing? Right. Okay. So anyway, um, back to you, Claire. So we are going to play a game with you. Kind of break the ice and then we'll get started talking about everything else. So we're going to play the scenario game today. And the first scenario says um, you are spending the night at a guy's place and two of his kids come climb in the bed with y'all in the middle of the night. You've been dating for two weeks. Do you A, silently creep out of the bed and leave without saying anything? B, roll over and whisper, babe, your kids are in the bed with us. Is this appropriate? Or C, just tuck the kids in and go sleep on the couch. Ooh. Um. Oh my gosh. I think now, I think like 
pandemic Claire would would do C just because I feel like I have a lot more generosity toward human beings and toward parents right now than I've ever had before. <laughs> like I had no patience for kids and I still kind of have no patience for kids and I'm actually getting my tubes tied on Thursday. So like, no congratulations. <laughs> you are not You're serious. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a kid person, but I also feel like I, at this stage would probably just be like, all right, tiny humans, like, please don't kick me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel you, girl. I don't want to have kids either. You Last time so I asked good. about getting tubes tied or just total hysterectomy, the doctor looked at me like I was crazy and told me to wait. I'm going to ask him I, again. Yeah, I fought for five years. So um, I wow. finally, after five years, I finally have a doctor. And it's actually getting my tubes removed. They don't really tie them anymore. They take Okay. Them How old are you, Claire? 33. Wow, you're deciding early on. We'll delve yeah. into that in a little bit. Yeah. Here's the next scenario. You and Bay go on a short little road trip. Y'all are having fun. You're singing old songs, having great conversations. You get a flat tire. Bay looks at you and says, I hope you know how to change a tire because I sure don't. You, A, say, I sure do, babe. I got it. B, tell him you don't know how to, but you do have AAA. You'll call him. C, get annoyed because now in your eyes, he is not a man. He is not the man for you. And you do not want to be with a man who can't change a tire or even suggest AAA before asking for you to change it. Fuck him and fuck this road trip. I want to go home. <laughs> a, A all the way. I, I am, yeah, I know how to change a tire. I am the only one in our relationship who drives stick. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am the, I, I mean, I'm going to make him do the heavy lifting while mm -hmm. I like stage manage the, the tire change. But, I think but, you are yeah. so nice, Claire. Wow. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm going to be mad. I'm not going to, I'm going to look like, what bro? Like you don't know, this is a whole different trip. If you thought I was fuck you, I'm not fucking you no more. I mean, <laughs> if he does not, is not willing to help change the tire, that's mm -hmm. a different thing. Like if he's like, I'm not getting my hands dirty, like, no, like, but if he's like, I just have never done this before. I'm a city kid who like, Mm -hmm. Like I live in New York. Like nobody here drives. Nobody has a car. <laughs> like, You'd be understanding of that. I'd be like, yeah, I grew up in Montana. I know how to change a damn tire. <laughs> like let's I'll do be just together. About to lose my blessing. Because <laughs> <laughs> What would you do? Um, he needs to help me change the tire. I know how to change the tire too. I'll never forget in college one time. Um, the guy I was dating with his fine self my car we were in my car and the battery died and i needed to jump it mm -hmm. he didn't know how to do that and i was he like it's not jump? even yeah and i'm like it's not even like you've always had super nice cars so you've never had like a, a shitty car or you've never left the lights mm -hmm. on or anything you didn't have that experience like i know how do you not know this it was just very disturbing so i taught him did you still talk to him after that? I did. I mean, he didn't know, but it was just like, you need to learn this. So he was like, well, yeah, just show me. Well, I mean, now y'all made, made me feel like, like I need to learn how to change a tire because I don't know how to change a tire. You do but need to learn. I should probably learn. What if you were by yourself driving somewhere and you don't have a signal? You can't use just, AAA. You're stuck. Yeah, yeah it's really not hard. Of, 
<laughs> you're gonna be standing on the side of the road like trying to wave somebody down okay last one um you and Bay are trying to spice up your sex life Bay tells you he wants to try double penetration with you him and another man the other man is his brother what the fuck Medina <laughs> <laughs> okay a grab your calendar and plan a dp date night this has been a fantasy of yours that you have been embarrassed to reveal and his brother is fine b absolutely not c you're offended that he even asked you and now you think he's gay and want to break up oh well i'll say b, my response b and like the absolutely not is the brother part <laughs> right like it's you want to have sex with your brother it's not about the kinky sex thing it's like it's also like you want to see your brother have sex with me like that's like i don't i don't get that i'm not turned on by that no (laughs) yeah i have a friend who she recently just fucked twin brothers and that's what that's what inspired me to put this on here she said it was sexy as fuck will you ask her to send it in as a cocktail I want to know the story. A video submission. Oh. (laughs) Twins that you do not know might be a level of very specific fantasy that takes that question in a little bit different of a direction. (laughs) They still brothers, Claire. They still brothers. (laughs) Like, if I don't know either of them and, like, I'm never going to interact with either of them ever again. Uh You don't want to be, like, at Christmas dinner, like, hey, Brad, can you pass me the potato salad? Like, Like, if I have no emotional connection to either of these men and in my head they just are clones not like i don't know Um. (laughs) kiki what about Mm -hmm. you absolutely not first of all one dick is enough for me i don't want to be doubly penetrated um and i'm definitely not having sex with you and your brother i'm looking at you weird not i don't think you're gay i think you're weird because why are you trying to have sex with your brother that would just make me so uncomfortable Mm -mm. what about you well, you guys, I actually experienced double penetration this past weekend, and that'll be my cocktail. And so I'll tell you about it when we get there. Was it with a brother? The <laughs> brother part you. is what's throwing me off for real. Like, <laughs> might be a brother, might be a cousin. <laughs> All right. Well, can't wait to get to that part. Let's move on. <laughs> Claire, we wild over here, girl. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. So, women who love sex, let's talk about that a bit. Uh, uh, on a scale of one to 10, how much do y'all love sex? Oh, mine? I mean, mine actually changes. I'm like on a scale that like slides all over the place. But like uh-huh. overall, for my life, I would probably land at like a 9.5. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Medina. Phases of my life where it's it's different. Yeah. So I think that it's weird because my love for sex, I've always had a love for sex, even when I was a child. I hate to say this, but I was always that kid, like, like, let's play boyfriend and girlfriend or let's play house. And like, I'll be the dad and you be the mom. I sound like such a little creeper, but I've always been interested in like sex and I wasn't having it, but I've always just been the one, the little kid that wanted to creep and sneak and watch porn or craziness. So I would say that I love sex. I'm going, I'm going past the scale of a 10. And ever since I hit 31, bro, it's like really off the charts. I am like that, that, that lioness who's biting the balls of the lion. I want it and I want it now. It's my dick and I want it now. Y'all seen that commercial? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, I really I, love sex. I can tell. Uh, I would say I'm like a nine. Most days I really love sex. And then other days it's like, don't touch me. I don't even want to touch myself. Very rare, but it happens. But I do enjoy it. I was upset this morning because people were texting me and just text after text after text. And I was trying to watch porn on my phone and masturbate. And they were disturbing me. It was so frustrating. I was I just like, fuck it. Let me get ready for this interview. I hate when they have you be clicking, ignore, like, even if you're dying right now, like, bro, I'm almost there. Give me a minute. And then to be that one person that wants to call back to back to back to back. And it's like, I forgot to put it on Do Not Disturb. I'm try- I'm thinking that eventually you'll stop. I'm not responding. What the fuck are y'all talking about at 8 a.m.? Yeah, but, but then, you know, whatever. You, you masturbate early, Claire. Do you masturbate? Well, I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. How uh, often? Um, different now. Um, everything in my life is different now. Um, but like normal. Claire, is that because of the type one diabetes? And we'll get to that. Yes, a little bit, and also just like stress during a being a high risk person during a pandemic mm. in New York City, like stress and thing like variety for me like variety is the spice of life and like we have left our apartment 12 times in the last four months like so oh, that wow. that is hard um I also tend to like masturbate when my partner is not home and my partner is always home mm. <laughs> you know so that is a different thing too but um yeah but I'm also the the type that like I'm all about the vibrator like like get like like especially the like um I hate that it's called a womanizer like it's such a stupid name for a vibrator but like the suction vibrators like those are my favorite oh it's so great to just be like be able to have just like a stress relief orgasm in like three Mm -hmm. minutes and I don't know that's not available when I was 19. I was just about to say I don't know how long the vacuum suction vibrators have been around but I'm like what what were we how were we before like I can't imagine vibrator life without that now we were patient as fuck before Mm -hmm. we were patient we used our imagination but with that section you don't need to use your imagination it's like you don't really need anybody else because that thing is going to get the job done and it's quick and efficient you won't mess up your hair if you just got it done yeah, I just love really it. Yourself off of it. I've gotten to the point now where, when it's the week that I'm gonna see my little bay, I have to not use the toy until I see him because it does get you there so quickly, and it can become like now I'm making this man work harder. Yeah, today was the first day in a long time that I actually got to masturbate. I've been in Texas forever, it seems, and so I'm not gonna be masturbating while I'm sleeping on my mother's couch. Um, I was just so happy to get back, <laughs> so happy. <laughs> so how old how old were you when you became sexually active um I probably that's a hard question for me to answer actually because I really really wanted to be sexually active a lot younger than I was I grew up in a really small town like 900 people small oh town. wow middle of nowhere there were 10 people in my whole class, like 200 in the K-12 school. And like, I was that weird nerdy artsy kid. And so like, I, all I wanted was to be sexually active with someone, but like, I didn't understand my queer identity. The guys didn't like me. Like I had all this sort of body shame because I was like, at the time I was like a size eight, which to me was like horrifyingly large, which is insane now in retrospect. And so I 
didn't, and then in college, I also was like still this awkward, like there was just a lot of awkwardness. There was a lot of blocking it. Um, so I, I had penetrative sex, like lost my virginity. Um, though I don't really believe in the concept of virginity anymore, but like that, that moment didn't happen until I was 22. Um, and then I like really made up for some lost time between (laughs) 26 and 30. (laughs) Yeah. I was getting it in. I was fucking. Yeah. Yeah. 22 to about 27 was a a good run for me. Yeah. (laughs) So why do you say that you don't believe in the concept of virginity anymore? I was just about to ask. Yeah. So there's a lot in the sex positive community about that, like that virginity, or at least how we define, typically define virginity is like a, total social construct like especially when you think about like for me growing up in rural montana in the 90s like virginity was penis in vagina like there wasn't even a concept of loss of virginity for two women like what what defines that is it the first time you have an orgasm with someone else is it the first time their fingers penetrate you like like so the more I started to like interrogate for myself this whole idea of what is virginity and what do we deem the moment that it's lost. It's also that idea of it's that something that a, a, especially a woman loses. Mm-hmm. So like this, the whole idea around virginity is like, a, is a, I mean, I know the concept exists, but I understand it as a cultural concept rather than a biological or physiological moment of something happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm, that's an interesting perspective. And you broke it down very intelligently. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Okay, so you wrote um, the book, Finding a Fuck Yes, a memoir of orgasms and insulin. What inspired the book? Um, So for years, I would tell people about my dating life and people would say, when are you going to write this shit down? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so last year I was, um, I knew I was going to write a book. I was either going to write, I wanted to write a book my whole life and just hadn't. And it felt like the time to do it. and I was either going to write uh, my sex memoir or I was going to write a young adult fantasy novel. And I, I put a poll on Instagram and way more people wanted the sex memoir than wanted mm-hmm. the YA fantasy novel. And so I started writing it and uh, found a hybrid publisher, uh, kind of fell into working with this company. And um, yeah, it was a really interesting, cathartic experience. I've been a writer. I was a professional copywriter for years. So it was also just an exercise in like, I'm so used to telling other people's stories. I ghostwrite for other people all the time. And like, what is it like to use this to tell my own story? Um, And I just wanted to, I read a lot of narratives about women being ruined by sex or, um, the stories that I was reading, the the memoirs that I was reading, I didn't see myself anywhere in them. And the more that I was open about my life and how I was living my life, the more mm-hmm. positive feedback I got, especially from young women in my life. So I was like, hey, if I write this down and tell people how empowered I was by casual sex, like mm-hmm. other women might feel more empowered to like live so. Mm-hmm. When you say that you didn't see yourself in the stories you were reading, what does that mean to you? Like, what does that look like to you? Um, I didn't see women who, and granted, this was also probably the narrow lens of what I was reading. <laughs> um, but like when I was reading things about sex positivity and things like that, it was either 
I fucked around a lot until I got married. Like Ophira Eisenberg has a, a, bio, a memoir called Screwing My Way to Monogamy. Like mm-hmm. very clever title, but like that wasn't me. I wasn't like, I'm not fucking around to just find somebody that I want to fuck for the rest of my life. Like I just really <laughs> like casual dating. Sex. Yeah, I really like sex and I'm feeling really empowered by it. Or it was like, I'm a polyamorous person living in a commune and wherever and I have no, like there was one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't seeing myself or the women in my life who were like on Tinder. And also just this lack of belief from dudes I was hooking up with on Tinder that like, I wasn't lying when I was like, no, 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 it's cool. Like I truly, I'm down for casual. Like I really like this narrative of, but you're going to fall in love with me. Oh my God. <laughs> was like <laughs> so strong. And so I was like, what if I tell my story? Because because I didn't fall in love with those dudes. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've got the receipts. Like, I, I, I'm not going to fall in love with you. And I also wanted to write the story of promiscuity where the, the last chapter wasn't, and then I met a man, and now I'm with him for the rest of my life. And It was still so, like, and I'm still out here fucking. Just yeah, like, but, but, but <laughs> jokes on me, I proposed to someone <laughs> before I wrote the damn book. Wait. So, Tell yeah. us about this. Yeah. What made you decide to propose? Are you with a man or a woman? I'm with a man. Yeah. Okay. I use partner, fiance, what, like, eventually I'll call him my husband if we ever do get married. Fuck you, COVID. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed, I, I wear my wedding bands because we were supposed to get married in like a month, but mm-hmm. all of this happened. And so I was like, fuck it. They're pretty. I'm wearing them. <laughs> it is pretty. <laughs> so, um, I, on our first date, um, the, my first date with my fiance, I told him that I was never having kids and I was never getting married. First and date. You were like, let me just put that out there on the table. Because I was having a hard time, like clicking with people who have the same kind of expectations. And I just really wanted to put it out there. It might've been the second date, but like, it was really, early. really early on. And I had just come to a point in my life where I, I had just turned 30 I had like pictured my life for the next decade. I'd like visioned ahead into my thirties and been like, you know what? I have great friends. I love my community. I really don't need anyone to be a partner. Like I am my own partner. I make my own money. Like I'm good. Um, And then I met him and we both just met each other like really, really as we were. Did you meet him on Tinder? We did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, And I actually didn't swipe right on him. My friends swiped right on him. He's also a redhead, and I don't usually like other redheads. You don't <laughs> love gingers. You're a ginger. I, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm like, it's too many recessive genes. Like, even though I don't want to procreate, I'm like, it just seems, it seems like a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we met on Tinder. Uh, my friend swiped right on him because she's like, you'll be Molly and Arthur Weasley. You have to go out with this dude. Um, and... Yeah, we met, and within the first 15 minutes that he walked in, I was like, oh, oh, no, 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 hell no. Like, ratty sweatshirt, like, old sneakers, like, t- like it was like he didn't even, like, get dressed. Like, I'm in, like, a dress and heels, and I'm like, mm. oh, no. And then, like, 30 minutes in, I'm laughing more than I have laughed in a long time. Like, three hours in, we're still talking, and, like, we just didn't stop hanging out. Like, So how'd this proposal go? So I realized about four or five months into our relationship that marriage with him would mean something way different than I had ever conceptualized marriage to be. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I also realized that part of why I didn't want to get married is I didn't want to be proposed to. Like that never sounded romantic or exciting to me. But when I started thinking about proposing, I got really fucking excited. Like I loved this idea of like planning the proposal. I loved the idea of buying a ring. Like I got super psyched about all of it. And Were you I surprising him or did he love the idea also? Or was he like, oh, no, no, I don't. I think I was totally surprised. Well, he said I was totally surprising him because I had been adamant, like, adamant I was never getting married so I also knew that like he wasn't gonna propose because he was gonna respect that boundary mm -hmm. um so I realized it was kind of on <clears throat> me and so I went from June 1st um I'm never getting married to December 13th proposing <laughs> wow did you get down on your knee we were both sitting by the Christmas tree I tried to propose like it was snowing I woke him up um I like dragged him into the living room and tried to get him to put on some pajama pants but he wouldn't do it <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like in his boxers and we're sitting by the Christmas tree um and I like w told him I wanted to give him an early Christmas present and I gave him the ring and his ring hadn't come in yet so I was using like my clotta ring which is like mm -hmm. a traditional Irish Irish ring and he got real confused. And so then I was like, oh my God, I actually have to say it. And I was like, <laughs> will you marry me? And he's like, fuck yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh so, my God. Did y'all cry? Oh my God. We cried so much. We cried. We had sex. And then he threw up. <laughs> Why did he throw up? He's was he just too I excited? Oh my God. I joke with him that he like. But he is not the feminist that he thinks he is. But <laughs> he like grew up because I proposed. No, he he wasn't feeling well. That's why he was in bed earlier. I didn't even uh, know. Um, oh. But he was so excited that he like didn't even acknowledge that in any way. And then an hour later, his body was like, "Hey, remember how you weren't feeling well?" <laughs> like, that's Hello, so let's go vomit. Did you have <laughs> oh any friends gosh. or any family members, either you or your fiance, that were like, "Girl, why would you propose to a man?" Um. Not so much. My mom was like, why would you propose ever? I thought I raised you better than this. Um, my mom is <laughs> anti-marriage. Okay. <laughs> um, but I had some friends who thought I had gone crazy because I was so, I've been, I've, I've known I didn't want to get married or had kids like my whole adult life. So they were like, it's only been a few months. Are you like, are you okay? Like, mm -hmm. have you lost your mind? I also had some peripheral friends who were like, aren't you worried he's going to say no? And I was like, do you really think I would have been planning a proposal for months to a man who... That I thought was... You, I mean, you'd be surprised, though, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... People get to the altar and say no. I mean, I'm sure it exists in the world, but, like, I just knew, like... Yeah, I don't know. I knew. I, and I knew that he was going to love that I proposed. And that's mm -hmm. kind of why I wanted to propose. Is that, like, the first time I wanted to marry someone was, of course, the person who was psyched about me being my whole, complete self. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exciting that you found your match. Coronavirus isn't going anywhere, even if outside is open, okay? It's harder and harder the longer that we stay in the house to meet new people. And that's why I'm back online trying to date, and this time I'm using OkCupid. 
Dating apps in the past haven't really worked out for me until I downloaded OkCupid. And with all the time at home, all I have to do is sort through these profiles. OkCupid is all about matching people with what matters most to them, from food to politics and everything in between. The app actually asks you a whole lot of questions. They're really thought provoking and they'll help you to get to your perfect match. A whopping 93% of people on OkCupid are virtual dating right now. So go ahead and download the OkCupid app. It's completely free and you can meet someone interesting without even leaving your couch. You might even get a little virtual date in. Join me on OkCupid today. The Bonnet Chronicles podcast is here. You may know Tammy Roman from season two of The Real World on MTV or Basketball Wives or maybe as an actress and comedian. Tammy is also the creator of the Bonnet Chronicles account on Instagram that features Tell It Like It Is rants and has gained a following that includes Halle Berry, Taraji P. Henson, Snoop Dogg, Winnie Harlow, Tiffany Haddish, and pink. Now, Tammy is bringing everything fans have come to expect from Instagram to the Bonnet Chronicles podcast by Starburns Audio. Tammy and her husband, Reggie Youngblood, keep it all the way real as they discuss love, sex, relationships, hot topics, and anything else they want to get into, with Tammy's daughters sometimes stopping by to give a younger generation's perspective. Nothing is off limits in the Bonnet Chronicles, and you won't want to miss a single episode. Subscribe to the Bonnet Chronicles podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, podcast anchor or wherever you listen to podcasts new episodes every wednesday and now let's get back to the show so tell us more about the book like what is your sex life like yeah so it's very different now than it was then um the book is basically covers kind of from when i was 25 26 to when i turned 30 ish um, it ends with, it, like, spoiler alert, it ends with me meeting my partner, but that's not really, like, <laughs> all you have to do is look at me on social media to see the selfies of us together. Like, it's not really that much of a spoiler. But the book is, um, I had these crazy experiences in my late 20s, and that now I know are way more universal, um, or are just, what I've been hearing from readers is they're not necessarily universal in experience, but there is a lot of universal desire to live that way. Mm -hmm. whether or not people are actually living to live in a promiscuous way that's what you mean yeah Yeah. okay go to sex parties to casually see guys to like hook up with different guys in the same day or even just to be driven more by sex than by love or dating Mm -hmm. and then you do also tie all of this in with you having type is it type type one or type a type diabetes type one yeah so i'm a one Yeah, I'm a type 1 diabetic, and originally the book didn't really talk about that that much, and then I had some really good editors and early readers who were like, yeah, you need to talk about this. <laughs> like, it's Yeah, part of- I remember when we were talking about it, you were like, you were trying to fuck somebody, and your little pack kept getting in the way or something Yeah, like so like, here, I'll show you. Um, I, I'm attached to an insulin pump all the time. This is my, this is the new, more modern one. It was not quite this snazzy back in the day, but um, I'm attached to this all the time. Like it's connected to me. I also wear a sensor, like this little, this little thing on my arm is mm-hmm. constantly talking to my phone, telling me my blood sugar. It's really great technology, but it is something that when you're getting naked with somebody for the first time, when you have plastic parts can be a little bit um, vulnerable. Um, so and you cannot bit- remove that, like even when you shower. So I take this, this one can unclip, like I can unclip this and take it off, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's a conspicuous thing that happens, but this mm-hmm. one stays on all the time. So like, I do have a story in the book about one time I was hooking up with this dude and this was on, on kind of the top of my butt 
hut because you have put it in lots of different spots. You put it in every 10 days. Mm-hmm. And he like grabbed my ass while we were hooking up and like ripped it out, <laughs> which hurts. It's like peeling off a bandaid, but also like you, you can't put them back in. Like that thing costs a lot of money and I can't get extras from insurance and you just ripped it out. <laughs> so it's like this, like, do I want to have an orgasm? Do I want to just keep going and like put it out of my mind? Or do I want to stop and explain how upset I am that he pulled it out? Like, so there are, I also not seeing myself in the visibility of like every sex scene in a book is like sanitized and perfect and lovely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody's talking about taking off their insulin pump or like having a low blood sugar or, or just the logistics of, um, as a type one diabetic, like if my blood sugar is too high, I can't orgasm really. Like maybe with a suction pipe, but like no other way. Um, If I'm too low, I absolutely can't because that's like a, you need to eat something immediately so you don't die kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So that level of like diabetes is, and it's like American disabilities week or whatnot. Like it is a disability. It's an invisible disability as well as a disease. And part of coming to terms with that and feeling sexy while being attached to things and everything Mm -hmm. was having sex with guys who just didn't give a fuck, you know? So have you ever hooked up with another guy who also was a type one diabetic and you're like, Hey, let's look at our packs. I haven't. I went on a date once with somebody who was, and it was almost like too much pressure because it's such a personal thing of how you handle it. That like, if somebody Mm -hmm. else has different ways that they handle it, I found myself getting like weirdly judgy, Mm -hmm. but I have some friends. I have two friends that are both diabetics that are, um, in a relationship with each other and when those the two of them and my partner and I go out together we joke on him that like he's the only non-diabetic and he like doesn't mm-hmm. understand half the things that we're saying <laughs> so I've never really had anyone young in my life that I know that is a diabetic have you Kiki I, most of the people that in my family that are diabetic they're older yeah is this something that you've always dealt with or is it something that kind of has developed over time So that's the difference between type one and type two diabetes. So they're both called diabetes, which is kind of misleading for people because like, like y'all are saying, like all the diabetics I know are old. Well, Mm -hmm. probably type two, because it's really rare to be young. Not really rare, but it's more rare to be young and have type two. So the Mm -hmm. difference is the super pared down differences type. They both have to do with your body and insulin with Mm -hmm. type two diabetes, which is truly like 90 some percent of diabetics. It's almost all diabetics are type two. And those are the people who through lifestyle, diet, exercise, various factors, lifestyle factors, their insulin doesn't work anymore. So they have to exercise more or eat a specific way to try and get their body to recognize their own insulin. Mm -hmm. For those of us who are type one, which is less than a million people in the U S like it's a really, it's less than 1% of people. Um, we don't produce insulin. So that's why we have things like this is there's a bunch of insulin in here. And it's giving it to me on a little slow drip all the time. Mm-hmm. So you probably actually know people that are young that have diabetes. It's just that you, you might not know that they do. Yeah, um, I only remember I, one person in like junior high. He had it. Yeah. O- oftentimes it. people talk about the babysitter's club. Like I know there's a babysitter's club reboot right now. Like one of mm-hmm. the characters on there is a type one diabetic. So like her dealing with her pump and her monitor and all of that like that's the stuff but some diabetics are super private about it and it's really hideable um not everybody's attached to a pump some people just do injections so there's no way visually that you would ever know and some people uh like i'm really open about it because i like sharing it and i like people learning about it but some people don't want people to know that they're diabetic yeah 
have you always been open about it? I have, and I think it's because I was diagnosed at the end of high school, and I was a little musical theater performing art nerd coming Got into you. myself, and like I was open about everything. <laughs> so, yeah, so you so. mentioned going to sex parties. Yeah. So going to sex parties in most of the areas, you do have to like take off your clothes or be, you know, down to panties and bras in some of them. What is that experience like with your Instagram? Yeah. So I actually write about this in my book because it was one of the things I actually Googled at one point what to do with insulin pump during a sex party and like nothing useful on the internet about that. (laughs) Um, But the solve that I came up with was a garter belt. Um, And so I see. Yeah. So it still felt sexy and I could clip the pump onto the garter belt and just like kind of incorporate it into my costume. And when I went to sex parties, I was also going with, not with people I was dating, but with established partners. Mm -hmm. So they knew all about the things like they, like it wasn't like they were encountering the insulin pump for the first time or anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's not like you can put it at coat check. Like I could take it off for a few minutes, but it also costs like five grand. So I'm not, not, Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that man that snatched it off your booty. I would have been like, bro. I would have been ready to let fight. Me, yeah, let me <laughs> go ahead and send you this cash app right now. Let's, can you get him from CVS? Where are you getting from? Oh, no. It's definitely like hoops and hurdles and your insurance only works with this one company and blah, 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 blah. It's, they, I mean, we're in America. They make it as much of a nightmare as possible. And like these things don't have to cost what they cost. But they we do. will die without them. So they'll charge whatever the hell they want to charge. Mm-hmm. What a shame. So have you had any embarrassing experiences with your pump? Um, the second time I ever had sex, I, um, in college, I wore my pump in my bra, like between my boobs a lot. Cause it was, uh-huh. I often like hit it between my boobs and it clipped there. Um, and I had the second time I ever had sex was kind of like a drunken hookup at the end of like the last week of college before graduation. And this dude and I are hooking up. He takes off my dress. I'm not even thinking about it. He unclips my bra as I'm leaning over him. And my bra just falls because the pump's attached to it and like thumps him in the chest really hard. (laughs) (laughs) And it definitely, like it only killed the mood for a minute, but it was definitely one of those things. Like he knew I was diabetic. He had seen my pump before. We were friends. But it was one of those things where, especially since sex was so new to me, it was literally the second time I'd ever had sex in my life. It was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God. <laughs> has <laughs> like, it ever affected your <laughs> has it ever affected your confidence at all? I I think it did, but but it paled in comparison to being like a size 10 or 12. Like that was the more visible thing mm-hmm. that I was actively taught to be ashamed of. So any shame or lack of confidence I had because of my insulin pump kind of paled in comparison to being a chubby woman. Like that was the thing that I was mm-hmm. a lot more worried about and scared of. So if I had been thin, I may, it may actually have been more of an issue, but because I was dealing with this bigger thing and like learning to love my body had to include it. Um, I was much more concerned about like the size of my ass than I was about the plastic parts. Mm-hmm. I also was really lucky in that I never had anyone who was truly a jerk about it. And there are other diabetics who have had different experiences, 
I've only ever had women, not in sexual context, but I've never had a man be a jerk about diabetes before. Have you ever had anybody like joke about it though? Like, Oh my God, all the time. And it drives me fucking crazy. So you don't like the jokes? <laughs> not be because most diabetes jokes are like, oh my God, if I eat this whole pizza, I'm getting diabetes. And it's like, that's not how it fucking works. And like, I can eat a whole pizza. I just need to shoot a shit ton of insulin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, I hate those like stereotypes. Or I've had friends not understand and joke when like, I need to eat food or else I'll die. And they like, mm -hmm. really don't understand the severity of it. I'll make jokes and be like, why aren't you sharing? And I'm like, bitch, I'm, I'm trying to live. <laughs> like, I'm actually trying not to die. Like, I'm not being hyperbolic about that in any way. When you talked about how like, if your blood sugar is too low or too high, it affects uh, how you can have sex or if you can have sex. Have you ever not checked it before you had sex and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa I feel like a, I'm about to have an episode or something like yeah. what? I've definitely had like, okay, we need to stop and like have a snack. And for years I used to use honey as when I was low because I was an actor and I could like run off stage and like chug some honey and then be good. Um, so I Would always, you ever like put some honey on his dick and be like, I can well, eat the snack off of you, baby. So the thing is like, I've definitely incorporated food in sex and it has to get like super, like I have to be super careful about it because I have to like shoot insulin for it and all that. Um, so whipped cream is best because there's like no carbs in whipped cream. So mm -hmm. like I'm a big advocate for whipped cream over like any other high carb <laughs> things. But it's it's weird. It's almost a, an opposite thing because like I would have a jar of honey on my bedside table and guys would be like, ooh, that's hot. And I was like, no, it's not. It like it when I taste honey, it's not sexy to me. It's like staying alive. Like the flavor gets associated with the panic. So mm -hmm. it's like, not sexy. It's like we pause. I have the honey. When we're done with that, then we can get back to it. Oh, wow. The honey. I, I like a little honey. Yeah, sometimes. Do you incorporate <laughs> food in your sex life? Like when you're having sex, do you ever incorporate food or snacks? Me? Yeah. Um, Not often. I'm always so nervous that um, something will be too sugary and I'll get a yeast infection. Mm. Um, but I have used like flavored lubes and stuff like that, uh, but not really food. Mm -mm. Yeah, I'll be like, I got if something I else you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> I got some. Not We can eat after. I really like when they um cook me breakfast or dinner or you know whatever time of day it is. I like when they prepare a meal for me. Um, that's always great. If I'm cooking, it's not the same. Mm. Claire, so you and your partner, y'all, you and your fiance, y'all live together, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Has quarantine affected y'all's relationship in a negative way or a positive way? Um, positive way. Um, we have learned that we really fucking like each other. Um, mm -hmm. and like we spend all our time together every day and we're not tired of each other. So if we ever wanted to test for whether or not getting married was a good idea, this is like, yeah, we're, we're mm -hmm. pretty set. <laughs> So that is good for you. I can't say that for a lot of people. I feel, <laughs> I also feel very fortunate about that. Like this has been a very stressful time and everything, but I feel really fucking lucky that the person that I'm stuck in a 600 square foot apartment with in the middle of the epicenter, like is a person that I really love hanging out with. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I just love. looked at, the clock i think we should go ahead and move on to indecisive diane so we can make sure we get you out of here on time 
Would you stop thinking about what everyone wants? Stop thinking about what I want, what he wants, what your parents want. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? What do you want? All right, Diane, what you got for us this week? Hey, ladies, I don't know about you, but lately I've been having some really weird, out-of-the-norm cravings for myself. Like, I just want really heavy food. You know, I want soul food. I want fried food. And normally, that's not what I'm into, but lately I'm having the cravings. Well, girl, are you pregnant? Hey, listen, I haven't seen Marty in a couple of months. I have missed my period, so I'm not really sure that could be it. Okay, girl, well, don't tell all your business to our listeners. What's the date idea? So listen, there's this place. It's been around since, you know, I don't know, circa 1947. It's a downtown classic. They serve traditional soul food. It's a cozy storefront. It's called Busy Bee Cafe. Listen, you're gonna love it. Get the fried chicken, get some mac and cheese, or get the smothered chicken. Hell, get both. Where is this place located at? So here's the address. It's 810 MLK Junior Drive, Southwest Atlanta, Georgia, 30314. It's not the cutest place, but it's a classic place. Go there, try it out, tell us how you like it. Thanks, Diane. No problem, ladies. Bye. Awesome. Okay, and now we're back from Indecisive Diane, and it is time for advice. So if you guys have questions for us that you want to ask us, um, email it, askcocktails at gmail.com. So, Medina, do you have one up already? I do. So this one says... Oh, go ahead. Cut out or sift through the BS. Was that the one you have? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. So she says, hey, ladies... I just want to say I love everything y'all have going on and prepared and prepared to continue to support the fuck out of y'all. I'm going to try to keep this as short and sweet as possible. Thanks in advance. I'm a grown woman who is vocal about everything I want in, in every aspect of my life. The men I've dated have always been so geeked to learn this because I'm sexually liberated and my communication skills are A1. I've been in committed relationships for seven months. I've been in a committed relationship for seven months and have been content up to this point. Again, I'm very vocal about my sexual and intimate needs. Lately, my partner has not been wanting to have sex. And whenever we discuss any possible issues, it's, it always ends in frustration on both ends. There are other areas of our relationship that are starting to fizzle out too. Now, whenever I try to bring up the conversation, he gets extremely dismissive and then becomes distant. I've been trying to be considerate because there are a lot of things going on in the world right now. But even when I try to open a conversation to that, he still is not trying to have it. Honestly, I'm considering breaking up with this nigga because I don't want to cheat on him and I don't want to waste any more time trying to salvage a relationship that may be dead. I don't take advice from my friends because all of them are in very toxic relationships and they just say things can be worse. I'm a baddie that prioritizes my peace with two degrees. I don't need to settle for shit. Should I try one last time to have this conversation with him, maybe to see if there's something else going on or should I listen to my gut and just break it off? Thanks for reading and I wish safety and prosperity for y'all. Oh, thank you. 
Um, well, girl, I pro- I prioritize peace too. I think that if he's if he's not keeping peace of mind for you, leave him. What do you need to hold on to somebody for? Like, if you're thinking about breaking up with him, if you're thinking about cheating on him, you're unfulfilled and you're unhappy. It's okay to call it quits and move on with your life. There's no sense in wasting time. And I always think it's interesting when people say like, she's like, I'm a baddie. I prioritize my piece. I don't, but you're not doing it right now. So it's like you do, you're, you're almost answering your own question in the email. Let him go. Let that man go, girl. And if it's meant to be, he'll come back. I have this phrase that I've been using in my life is that, um, I, the, I, people in my life tend to be shooting all over things. Like I should stay, I should go. I should like, like, it sounds like, you know, it sounds mm-hmm. like, you know what you want to do. Don't should all over it. Mm-hmm. Like, like no one else can tell you trust yourself. Like, if, mm-hmm. I mean yeah. that there, there's an element of like maybe his communication styles and blah, 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 blah. But like, if he's not doing that work on himself to even be wanting to tell you how he wants to communicate about it, then like, I think, you know, yeah. And if you just want to, you know, sometimes you want to be ratchet and spy on somebody to see if they are cheating. You know, if you feel like you got to do that also, well, just, just, just have a peace of mind to be like, I knew I wasn't crazy. You know, sometimes you'd be like, I knew you was cheating. And you have me over here thinking it was something else. You over here fucking the hoes. You over here in these streets. Oh my goodness. Okay. Next one. This one says, I'm here for a good time. Not a long time. Hey y'all. Um, I'm not going to say your name. You guys are great. I'm just going to get right to it. An ex of mine has recently re-entered my life. The catch is he's in a whole relationship. He stays in my DMs talking about how I snatched his soul and how he can't get me out of his head amongst other things. I know all he wants is the pussy, which is cool because he got some bomb ass dick and we have explosive sexual chemistry. Also, a bitch is going through a drought right now. So a good old nut would be love. But he got a girl. I'm not trying to break up a happy home. Help. Love you guys. Sent from my iPhone. All right. So what do y'all think about Sarah this? Go first. Uh, block him. <laughs> <laughs> like, get him. Like, no. There's a lot of good dick in this world. Like, so much good dick. Like, that, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that reaction there. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Medina? So. So some of it kind of cut out on my end. She's sleeping with some other girl's girl boyfriend. So her ex has been DMing her and hitting her up, but he's in a relationship now. She's mm-hmm. single. He's in a relationship, but this is her ex-boyfriend. She's Ooh. going through a sexual drought. She wants to have sex with him, but he has a girlfriend. So she's like, I mean, what should I do? I mean, that is your ex. You've already had that dick and he's not married. So I mean, I don't know how y'all broke up, if he did you dirty, bitch, don't do it. If he's with the bitch that he cheated on you with, like if he left you for her, I would say do it. But um, <laughs> that's toxic. Uh, he's not married. Okay, I don't think you should do it. Um, you keep talking about this girl in this relationship. Don't forget about karma. And you could find somebody else to have sex with. I totally understand that it's a drought. But I would say leave it alone because you're bothered already that he has a girlfriend and I can see this being an issue down the road. So if you do end up having sex though, like send us a cocktail. <laughs> and if you do, you know, just make sure you wrap it up. Cause you already clearly know he's fucking somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's it for the advice this week. 
Remember, once again, the email for all of the advice um, questions is askcocktails at gmail.com. And now it's time for us to move on to the cocktails. So, now if you want to send us a cocktail because you've been having some great sex or maybe you just had a very interesting experience, you can email that to cocktails.atl at gmail.com and maybe we'll read it on the show. So, mm. who wants to go first? So... I feel like, Claire, you should go first with your cocktail. I'm really interested to hear one mm. of your sex stories, a memoir. All right. Um, so uh, this was five years ago yesterday. So I feel like it was perfect. It like came up in my Facebook memory. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Um, I didn't post this on Facebook. I just saw the picture of Lisbon, Portugal. So I was in Dublin five years ago and I saw Once the Musical, which as like a white girl musical theater nerd was like amazing seeing it in Dublin. And like Glenn Hansard who wrote it was there. It was like this magical evening. So like I call this guy that I'm, I thought I was dating back in Montana. And I've been traveling for six weeks without him. He didn't want to come on the trip, it, which was, should have been, I should have known. And, uh, I call him and he texts me back and he said, and it just says, I think I met someone. And, and so I call him repeatedly until he picks up and he's like, we aren't dating each other. I'm like, you sent me a picture of your dick like last week. Like, what do you mean we aren't dating each other? So essentially we break up over the phone at like middle of the afternoon for him, middle of the night for me. I don't sleep at all. The next morning I fly to Lisbon, Portugal and I am staying at a hostel that I shit you not is called We Love Fucking Tourists. <laughs> they mean we fucking love tourists but it is called we love fucking tourists and <laughs> i'm staying at this hostel jump on tinder right away right match with this gorgeous portuguese man who like takes me out in the town buys me all these drinks keeps, keeps telling me how beautiful i am in like four different languages it's amazing we go back to the hostel we're making out but there's like nowhere for us to go right because i'm staying in a dorm so we're not gonna like hook up in the bunk bed with the australian girl on the bunk above me like <laughs> like she did not consent to that I'm, I'm not going there so we're like making out in the bathroom he's trying to like get it on in the bathroom i'm like no no no, no. there's no way i'm having an orgasm on this toilet like it's not happening you're gonna go home now and so as he's leaving, this dude from the hostel, like, catches us leaving. And he's like, Claire, you know, no guests. And he's like this really cute, like, suave Belgian man. And I'm like, I know, I know. And so the next night, I go on a pub crawl with the whole hostel. And this, like, really suave Belgian dude is on the pub crawl. And he keeps offering me drinks, but I'm, like, super hungover from the night before whatever but eventually come like three in the morning like when nightlife gets started in Lisbon which was like crazy to me so we're out at like 3 a.m at a club he's getting me to drink some vodka soda and he leans in and he's like I think you're very beautiful and I would like to kiss you I was like fuck it yes like and we make out and we like wander back to the hostel and he's like I have a private room 
And I was like, I am taking at this. At the hostel? At the hostel. Oh, that's like a VIP hostel area. Yeah. Well, so he, he's an employee. So he like has his own room. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go hook up with this hot, but like I'll have rebound sex with this hot Belgian dude in like, yes, great. So we go into the hostel. We're walking in. He opens the room. It's a kitchen. Dude lives in a kitchen. Like, hey, look, it's, it's still a room. I didn't say what kind of room. Like, roll out, like, he rolls out a futon on the floor of the kitchen. Like, Ikea cabinets, laminate floor. (laughs) That's where this dude lives. And I have not had sex in seven weeks because I was in this supposed long-term relationship, long-distance relationship. And so I'm like, fuck it. I'm I'm hooking up with this hot Belgian dude in this kitchen. And we have, like, actually really fun, really great sex. Um, Like, he is super well-endowed, like, which don't really necessarily care about, but it can be great. Um, super generous, like lovely, wonderful. Um, and then I start giving him shit. I'm like, you like, okay, you take the name of the hostel really seriously. He's like, no, 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 Claire, I've never done this before. Not with anyone. And, uh, I actually kind of believed him. He was very earnest. Um, and I like sneak back up to my room. Don't get caught. Cause he's like, I can't get fired. I'm not supposed to hook up with the guests. <laughs> was the sex good? It was. It was really good. And like, I don't know, European guys, I don't know how you guys feel about European guys, but like, generally speaking, the sex I had in Europe, casually, way better than the sex I had in New York City. Um, Wrong. Yeah. I One time I went to Greece and I met a Greek man and he couldn't speak English and I couldn't speak Greek. And we, the body language just matched up and I have, it was great casual sex. One of the best sex of my life, but for casual sex, it was like, ooh, it was romantic. Exactly. So the next night he like asked to take me out on a date and I was like, yeah, sure. And we're walking and he, he, and I asked him how he ended up at the hostel. And he's like, well, I graduated high school last year. What? (laughs) And I was like, what? I literally stopped in the middle of the street. I was like, excuse me, what? How old are you? And he's like, how old are you? Oh my God. I'm going to jail. And he's, he's like, I'm 20. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, it took me two extra years to graduate. He was 21. He's like, it took me two extra years to graduate high school. And then I'm like, okay, what's worse? Fucking the 19-year-old or fucking the 21-year-old who it took two extra years to graduate from high school? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Actually, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go back. To the then, you guys, he couldn't afford dinner. Like, I had to pay for dinner. That's the worst <laughs> part. How is he going to invite you to dinner? Yeah, so I, he tried to like get me back to his room again that night. I was like, no, I'm just I, the the romance has died. I'm not feeling it. I'm gonna get a good night's sleep before I go to Switzerland and fuck this hot French dude I met on Tinder. Like, I, <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> that Why? is crazy. No. Okay, Medina, I want you to go next because I want to hear this double penetration story. But see, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna tell my story, but I this is a story that can't be rushed. So I'm gonna have to tell it for the next episode. We have four whole minutes. It's, it can't because I'm gonna be rushing it and leaving out details. You know I love my details. Do you have a cocktail or you leave one? I'll share a cocktail. Okay, so you know I have been gone for a long time, um, and well, I've been gone for a long time. So when I got back, someone hit me up, and they were ready to see me. I hadn't seen them in a while, whatever. So I was like, yeah, you can come over. I'm back in town. Blah blah blah. He comes over. Of course, I took my little cocktail of shoot orgasms and taste pills. Um, 
as soon as I landed, actually, I was like coming home and I'm like, you know, some people get really nervous about the flights as they should be. But I'm like, you really came over here knowing I had just left the airport like you didn't waste any time, nothing. But OK, whatever. So he comes over. We're having sex. Um, and, you know, I've shared before how like. I'm not really good at deep throating. I think that my throat and mouth area is a little shallow and um, I gag a lot. Like I can't get very far. It's just, it's not good. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was the CBD pills that I took. I don't know if it was the, um, the combination of that with all the other pills. But some, for some reason, I just felt so relaxed I was sucking his dick so good. I got it back in my throat. I even shocked myself. And I've even tried that drunk. little thumb trick. Huh? Were you drunk? Mm-mm. Maybe I should stop getting drunk and that'll make it easier. <laughs> I usually <laughs> am drunk when I'm having sex. So anyway, y'all, I'm sucking his dick. And like I had got on top of him. So like my vagina's in his face. He's eating my pussy. I'm sucking his dick. And then do you know that he stopped and called me a demon? Like how you little demon? <laughs> he was like, "Oh my god, you, you're like a, a demon." And I was like, "Wait, what?" And I turned around, but the look on his face, I could tell he was just saying that because I sucked the soul out of his dick, and he just felt like he his soul had been snatched. And he was very appreciative, very grateful, and I'll probably do it again tonight. You deserve a present. I do. Yeah, like because I don't even like doing that. Demon, you suck the soul out this dick. You deserve a present. And now I'm like, I need to figure out exactly what I did that day. I can't remember, but I need to figure <laughs> out exactly what I did that day so I can do it again. I, I need to try it again so I can make sure that this is a skill that I can add to my repertoire. And that's wow. my cocktail. <laughs> and I promise y'all, I'll have a cocktail for y'all next week, and it'll be good. Claire, where can everybody find you? What do you have going on? Now would be the time to let everyone know. Yeah, so you can find me on um, Instagram or my website, Claire Marie Edgman, no I, C-L-A-R-E, the rest of it's easy, ClaireMarieEdgman.com, Claire Marie Edgman on Insta. And um, I have my book. I actually am working on that young adult fantasy novel now, so like, cool. But the main thing I do is I do human design and tarot reading, so I'm an author and I'm a total witch, so like, if you ever, like, I feel like I need to talk to you ladies again someday about yeah. Things because like I look at human design and dating and sex and like it's way easier for me as like a manifester to be hooking up with all these random dudes than it would be for somebody who's a generator like like things like that so mm -hmm. yeah I'm I am just like unapologetically doing all the different things like beyond brand mm -hmm. <laughs> like, if I want to do it I'm fucking doing it it's the end of the world like do all the things that we're interested exactly. in exactly. <laughs> Like done exactly well, that's on everything that you have going on thank you so much uh, for joining us we really appreciate the conversation yeah thank you for having me and good luck with everything and props again to your perfect shower curtain <laughs> thank you <laughs> okay guys remember to follow us at cocktails podcast i'm at kiki said so and i'm at coffee bean Dean. and until next week you guys goodbye bye i'm sorry but the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.